Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series on ethics and compliance monitoring across the EU and beyond. This podcast series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors is the company which provides professional independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Over the course of this five-part podcast series, we'll take a look at several different topics. They include the global view of ethics and compliance programs from Affiliated Monitors' vantage point, enforcement or weak or non-existence ethics and compliance programs outside the United States, what Affiliated Monitors is seeing around ethics and compliance programs in Spain, how companies are struggling with different types of enforcement, and then the difference in reactive and proactive monitorships in the international context. It's a fascinating exploration. I know you will enjoy it. Thank you for listening. This special five-part podcast series on ethics and compliance monitoring across the EU and beyond is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Episode one, the global view of ethics and compliance programs. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm here with Vin DeCiani, the CEO and founder of uh, Affiliated Monitors. And today we're going to take a look at the global view of ethics and compliance programs from AMI's vantage point. So, Vin, as always, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Nice to be here, Tom. Vin, I was wondering if you might start with talking about AMI's experience globally uh, as opposed to simply the domestic arena. Sure. Um, so, um, as uh, we've talked about on this uh, in this podcast series, um, Affiliated Monitors serves as the independent monitor in a variety of matters. Um, a lot of work in the U.S., but uh, um, you know, over the last probably five, six, seven years, we've been doing more stuff globally. So, we are working as the monitor in matters. Um, involving U.S. agencies like Department of Justice or um, some of the um, suspension and debarment officers, offices. Um, but we also do work um, uh, in various countries doing proactive assessment of companies and their ethics and compliance program. And, and you know, as we've um, been working on these um, kinds of things, um, you know, certain trends are developing. And so um, our experience um, in the U.S. is sort of lending itself now to what we're doing globally. Well, and that really brings up uh, the next kind of point I wanted to raise with you. Uh, I have uh, had the privilege to work uh, internationally as well. Uh, some co- countries are more advanced than others, uh, obviously, in their 
both anti-corruption laws and their compliance regimes that they require of companies. But I was wondering, uh, what, from your viewpoint, what is the distinction you see between ethics and compliance globally? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, um, I just got back from Spain um, where I did a few roundtables um, with compliance officers um, uh, with companies um, in either their multinationals and they were intended or their local uh, companies in Spain, right? And so the experience that I've seen um, there and in other places is that there seems to be in certain countries um, uh, uh, sort of more of a focus on what I'll call legal compliance, um, rather than sort of the broader ethics and compliance, uh, concept that we're from, more familiar with here in the U.S. and uh, the multinationals are familiar with. So when I call it legal compliance, what we're seeing is countries, um, uh, have, uh, in some instances have enacted, um, requirements for companies of a certain income level to establish compliance programs. And the compliance programs have some of the fundamentals that we are familiar with, you know, having a compliance officer or compliance committee doing a risk assessment, um, putting together a hotline, uh, and maybe taking some other actions, but really with a focus on corruption. Um, and not on sort of the broader issues, again, that we're more familiar with. So in those countries, um, I've seen that focus really be on the legal requirements to fulfill, you know, sort of a justice um, or legal requirement to have a sort of a fundamental compliance programs, a program. Nothing to the extent of um, sort of that fuller um, ethics um, and that values-based ethics uh, process that we're familiar with, nothing along the guidance that we've seen from DOJ in terms of what an effective compliance program looks like. Um, and so it, it, it's just a fundamental difference um, that we're seeing in these countries. It's not a bad thing. It's just that they're not necessarily as advanced or as focused on a broader you know, concept than we are. Well, then you've been in this field at least since 2004 when you founded Affiliated Monitors. I've been working in this field uh, really since 2007, and certainly when I began, uh, it was typical to see a much more rigor around this legal compliance. I used yeah. to say it was compliance written by lawyers for lawyers. Um, and certainly here in the United States, the, the regulators in the form of the Department of Justice have matured. Uh, people like uh, in the space, like yourself and myself, we've matured in our view of compliance and our clients, the companies who implement compliance programs have matured. So uh, could it be that what, you, what you're observing internationally is really a, a path or even a timeline that we followed here in the United States? I think you're right on. Um, I do think that we are probably 10, 15 years, maybe even further uh, advanced than, than many of the countries, um, you know, in, in the world. Um, you know, obviously the UK um, and maybe perhaps Singapore and uh, Brazil, France now um, uh, with its uh, new um, efforts, I think that they're moving more towards um, sort of a model um, but still very far away from, you know, again, our concept of, um, you know, ethics and compliance. Um, it's going to get there. Uh, it is going to get there. Um, 
you know, I think, you know, when you're out there, you see these, uh, the questions, you know, when you're talking to compliance officers, a lot of them don't even understand what the function of a compliance officer is. Sometimes they've just been appointed to the position, right, and have to figure things out. Or, as you sort of indicated, a lot of them will just go to a law firm and have a fundamental, you know, legal compliance program put in place. Um, but I do think that that step is a very important, you know, um, sort of early steps in in expanding sort of the uh, the the model that you and I are aware of in terms of strong ethics and compliance programs and cultures, right? Which is, I think, we'll get there as well. And one of the things that uh, is a little bit unique about working internationally is that there is a uh, almost always either a form of corporate social responsibility by the United States or other company in a country that is not their home country, or uh, some countries even mandate local content requirement. They may mandate a uh, uh, return of profits in the form of 5 or 10% uh, donations to the uh, uh, people of the country in question where their work is being done. How does that really uh, – stand out as an issue for you as someone who looks at a compliance program? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the things that I've been most impressed with. You know, when I have looked at um, compliance programs, and, and again, the broader compliance programs, the ethics and compliance programs of some of the multinationals that we've worked with um, uh, globally, and that is um, they have a component on, uh, you know, social responsibility which I, I really like, and I think we should, in the U.S., we should adopt it, um, because, it, it, you know, when we talk a lot about uh, ethical culture, right, of a company, and having sort of a social responsibility, uh, you know, uh, idea, and sort of a forced idea, uh, as part of the compliance program, I think is a build. I think it's part of uh, the way that you build a strong culture, uh, and that is through these types of efforts, you know, where it's a team effort and or there's a focus on a particular, um, you know, um, uh, area, uh, you know, uh, where the company can work together. Um, we've seen it in the in the human um, trafficking area with some companies. They'll have a strong uh, policy on that. Some will take a particular stand on not working with certain countries because of, you know, uh, you know, underage workers or those kinds of things. But I, I like the the concept. Um, I, I, I've, I found it to be, I mean, they're well organized when I've read them. They are just well thought out. Um, and I do, I do think it's a, it's a, it really is a good, uh, it's a, it's a really good, um, uh, sort of piece to what we should be doing here in the U.S. on the social responsibility. Well, Ben, I wanted to end by asking you, what are you hearing or seeing uh, around concerns of enforcement of either compliance programs or enforcement of anti-corruption laws outside of the United States? Yeah, so a, a couple of things. Um, enforcement, um, at legal enforcement, is really just starting to happen. As we know, in the UK, under the UK, and the ESFO has only had a few DPAs. You know, we're starting to hear of them in France and some other locations. I know that's under consideration. So 
you know, the, you know, in Spain there is there's been very little enforcement um, in terms of um, the you know the codes that companies are uh, to uh, put in place. I think enforcement, though, is uh, let me take sort of a step back, if you will, in terms of the compliance program. One of the things that I've seen with a number of companies that we've been uh, working with is sort of this reluctance to enforce their own codes. So they may have, you know, a penalty in place if you violate the the corporate code, but they don't really go out of their way to enforce it. In fact, they almost don't enforce them. And, you know, as you and I have talked about um, in this series, sometimes it's the most important aspect of a compliance program is what do you do when there's a violation? internally and you know, do you do anything to enforce it and if you don't then it's sort of not worth the paper it's written on right if you're going to just have a paper program that doesn't have any real bite that's a concern that i've seen you know globally that they'll have you know for those companies that have compliance programs they're not enforcing their own uh, uh, programs well ben unfortunately we're near the end of our time but i've been visiting today with ben Diciani. he is the founder and ceo of affiliated monitors We've been taking a look at the global view of ethics and compliance programs from Affiliated Monitor's vantage point. Vin, uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks so much, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ethics and Compliance Monitoring across the EU and beyond, and I hope you'll join us again for another episode. If you'd like more information on Affiliated Monitors, check out their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This podcast has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.